This is Valerie Van Boeven with the Senior Care Industry Netcast, where leaders with three or more years of experience in the senior care industry share their advice. It's six questions in nine minutes, so let's get to it. In a few sentences, tell us who you are and what you do. I am Kurt Roscoff. I am the founder of Ability MKE Now and the founder of Ability Fest USA, and I serve especially the intersection between people with disabilities and our seniors. Uh, we know that seniors um, in the senior community, 50% of our senior citizens have a disability. Yeah, So and so you do more than just seniors, so you're welcome to talk about that too because Anytime we can share a resource for anyone of any age, that really makes a difference. So tell us, what is the best thing about serving aging adults, but even more, all of the uh, disabled adults or abled adults in a different way <laughs> that you serve? I'll let you explain that. Okay. Well, I would say that, you know, for me, I'm very interested in community development, and I think a challenge that our society has is that intergenerational aspect. And so as far as our seniors, obviously uh, I'm 48 years old. So when I'm with their senior citizens, it's all about respecting my elders and, you know, the wisdom and the history that they have and the stories they have um, to share. And then plus the optimism it gives me that, that when they are having success in their golden years, that, it's uh, very enriching to me to think about, okay, this is their life. What might my life be if I hop in a time machine and I look at 20 years from now, what that might look like. Um, so it's very valuable, that intergenerational experience. Yeah, their wisdom and their energy and their um, continuing to have that perseverance and excitement and that spark in their eye um, gives us all um, hope for our own future and also a lot of learning um, what they have to offer. So yeah, absolutely. All those things that you just mentioned are awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit. We're going to switch gears and talk about online marketing, especially in the world we're living in right now. Online's become a little bit more important because we can't really get together in person as much as we would probably like to. So Online marketing is confusing. It can be ever-changing. What has been your experience or your thoughts? Well, I used to own a uh, technology company, so I've always looked at this topic of technology to respect the different ways that people use technology or online marketing. Technology is applied use of tools. So I think with what's on the internet and so forth, Zoom and and all these potential tools is great stuff, but there's some people who don't subscribe to it. So we have to think of ways of how we can in our community and creating networks and having a person who's available to them to bridge between the online world and, and the offline world. And then if they're dabbling a little bit that they need a helping hand and um, medium tech and some of them are doing really well. So, so it's not entirely all challenging. Some of them enjoy it. So like with Zoom and so forth, we're seeing seniors hop on Zoom sessions and getting activity. Actually, before this interview, I was uh, part of uh, an event that's called Noon Shakedown Central Time that this gym uh, runs and senior citizens are coming in the Zoom session and doing what's called a shakedown to music and get some activity. And he's done that going to nursing homes and now he's having success 
using Zoom. Uh, but for sure, we, we have to be cognizant that there may be some seniors we're missing. And we got to think about that. How are we going to help them at their house, at um, you know, a nursing home or wherever they are? We got to reach them if the online stuff isn't doing it to figure that out. Yeah, totally great. I, I think what you said about, you know, there's always going to be folks who have challenges with our online stuff. That's just, you know, not everybody is going to get it or be able to get it. Frankly, if they're in a super rural area, they might not have uh, cable uh, and have to rely on cellular and all these other crazy things. I don't understand. But I will say, I think we're all pretty surprised. I guess we shouldn't be surprised at how malleable our seniors have been about getting on the online platforms and doing some new stuff and learning and seeing their grandchildren on Zoom instead of face-to-face when they have to and all those kinds of things. So I even in um, our nursing homes, I think the interesting thing is that uh, I feel like our seniors are suffering uh, in isolation there quite a bit. However, I would also say that the staff in many, many locations have stepped it up quite a bit. And like we do face-to-face or FaceTime meetings with my dad, who's in a nursing home, and he gets on there and talks to us. And on his, if I say it too loud, she'll, she'll start talking to me on, her, on our A-L-E-X-A device. He can call us on that. And he can't use a phone necessarily, but he's learned how to say, call Val. And he can call me anytime he wants. So we get to talk whenever. And that's really nice. So technology has had definitely had its pluses. Um, and yeah, you're right, though. We do need to reach out to the folks that don't have that. So I appreciate those, those thoughts on that. Okay. What? Oh, let's see. What other successful leaders in the senior care industry or in the industry that you serve maybe have been either an inspiration or a mentor or either organizations, people? Is there anybody that you'd like to talk about you think is really important out there in the world? Yeah, I'm going to bring up a lady by the name of Susan Conkle. Um, as I got deep into disability services and I looked at it in a broader sense, health and human services, social services and so forth and in community organizing what what i came to is um this practice of building dementia friendly communities and i've just been uh, so amazed at the work that susan conkle does in you know helping that community organizing and getting the services together and to address uh this need of um where our future is for those who are living life through dementia. Actually, I'm a water skier and I actually have a friend who's uh, 90 years old and he um, skied last year when he was 90, but um, there's possibility that he might be having dementia set in for him. And, you know, just all these indications around that dementia is a huge topic and Sue Conkle does a lot of tremendous work in that. I've learned a lot from her in terms of thinking about how you get community to rally around and and help something that is an everyday concern for a person's life and what that looks like having the meetings and building the relationships and finding a role for everybody having enough calls to action and and all those things i've just learned a lot from her that's awesome it's great that there's somebody out there that is that that you acknowledge that's doing a great job and that you've been able to learn from people really um like the it when they know we don't i don't think we give enough shout outs or kudos to each other so when you mention someone who's done a great job for you i hope you'll let her know that 
that you said some nice things so she'll be able to see this too and I know we all appreciate that okay what piece of advice would you give to other senior care providers well what I experience is you know everybody's in their lane and they they're funded to do or paid to do what they do and you know this idea of specialty I think is great um, but the thing that I look at is where in the fiscal year after a few hundred days of doing what you do to take a look at you know how we're branching out and cross-pollinating and building enough relationships in other silos or sectors you know a lot of what I do is I look at how the community is built and I look at those phase spaces service spaces, the lifelong learning opportunities, including what's available at libraries, um, in our interagency efforts in government, and then in the business world, in the marketplace, the retail sector, and so forth, to, to figure out, you know, year in and year out, are we finding those times to, to strengthen how our work could be a connection to be mapped to what somebody else is doing, and build those interdependencies, because to me this is so important in sustainability and to be able to adjust like the times we're going through right now. Um, last year I was advocating for a ton of stuff, which was really hard to get people to, to move and to change and make an adjustment. But all of a sudden we entered into 2020 and within a few months people were radically making, um, you know, pretty significant alterations to how they do things and then rethinking like where are we going to reach to to survive for some groups so um so to be able to think about that and make that more of a fiscal devotion and whether it's your strategic planning sessions and so forth um to really make sure you're not staying too too narrow throughout too many hundreds of days yeah uh, the word silo has come up in a lot of these conversations um, we're all um, a little bit of tunnel vision here, and we need uh, to maybe open our eyes to where the gaps are and how we can help fill them and not just just our piece, right? So, I, I, yeah, silos has come up a lot, and that means that, you know, we're not – we just do our job, and then we're hoping somebody else does their job instead of kind of smoothing it out over and, and having everybody help each other a little bit, that would be much better. So thank you for those thoughts because I think we could all uh, fill in a few gaps here and there for those folks who really need us and make life a lot easier, especially for their families who are trying to fight through and advocate for that person all the time. And they have so many struggles of their own. So, okay. This is my last question, and it's supposed to be my fun one, and sometimes people are like, I don't know how to answer that. But we all need to celebrate a little bit. So when, my question is, when you have a win in life, how do you celebrate? It could be a win in business and life. It could be um, anything. It could be a graduation, a piece of legislature that's passed. It could be something that you've worked really hard for or try to get across to business owners or whatever it is. How do you like to celebrate? Well, celebration for me, um, you know, is something where, you know, with the question itself, I think it's great. You know, I don't know how you got the inspiration to put this question in, but I think of like the airplane analogy. It's used so often, like put the mask on yourself and then, 
you know, you're going to be able to feasibly be of service to others. So I think that's great when we are, you know, in a care position, when we are in a service position and we're, you know, every day giving of ourselves to, to your question of, you know, how do we fuel ourselves, recreate, recreate ourselves, rejuvenate ourselves, get those endorphins built up and, and have fun. So I think that's great to think of a check-in. I don't have a standard thing um, that I would do. I, I, I'm a water skier, put on ski shows. So I'm in the entertainment business. I do that. I, I also do a radio show. So I have a lot of fun nice. with that and podcasting. So I try to, regardless of successes, have a lot of fun and celebration and um, to find excuses to encourage other people to celebrate, you know, their thing. But I think it's just more, if something is going good, I think of positives breed positives. So to me, that's the celebration is to say that there's been this blessing of advancement and success. And to me, that's an indication, that's affirmation of being on the right track and to figure out ways to share it out, to spread the wealth and so forth. So to have that more rewarding experience, for sure, if there's an opportunity to, you know, go out to a restaurant and gather people to, you know, even have a conference call or something, um, you know, so, I mean, in two days, I'm heading out west. We're going to Montana and so forth. So having two weeks of fun and celebration and um, Mm -hmm. whatever I want to, it's because of a family reunion and so forth. So, Mm -hmm. um, so I guess for me, when something goes good and there's a win to say, okay, now how is this going to fuel more sustainability of more success, more fun and, and enjoying the journey? You know, I think that's what it's about. So enjoy uh, the journey. Yeah. We're lucky every day that we can enjoy this journey. (laughs) Some days are better than others, but it's definitely a journey. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think all those things you said are applicable. We've had everything from more of an in-depth look at it. Like you just gave and some people say vodka martini. Right. Whatever make whatever floats your boat and makes you happy is <laughs> the way it should be. And to keep fueling yourself and your own energy for more successes down the road. So and we could all use that. All right. Well, Kurt, thank you so much for being on the show and for doing this. We have enjoyed learning about you, learning from your wisdom. And I know I'll put all of your website and all of your stuff on this video so everybody can get a hold of you, okay? Very good. Thank you, Valerie. Appreciate it. Great opportunity.